This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today, we talk law. Kind of unusual for Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, but the Minnesota State Supreme Court decided a very important case for public access to waterways. Bemidji Attorney Jay Pedersen is a member of the Minfish Board, and he weighs in on the importance of this decision. It's coming up on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Are having our first ever attorney in the in the studio. Jay Pedersen joins us. Uh, first of all, Jay, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, Jay, uh, uh, we're going to talk about a, a Minnesota State Supreme Court case that had big impacts on angling uh, and public waterways. And we're going to get into that in a moment. But as as long as uh, you're here, let's find out a little bit about you. Uh, you are an attorney, certainly, but you're also a big outdoorsman. I know that and love fishing. And so you're on the Minfish board and. Uh, so this this kind of brings in two of your passions. It does, and I'd much rather talk about fishing than law. So it's good <laughs> it's good to be here for both. But yeah, I was born and raised on Walker in Walker. Learned how to fish on Lake Winnie, and uh, came to Bemidji as an attorney in 1997, and have been with the Fuller Walner firm ever since I came to town and fishing with uh, my friends and family. A big part of what I do. In, indeed, and and of course. Um, could have been impacted by by this state supreme court case and let's just start there and we're gonna we're gonna talk fishing we're gonna have fun fishing talk down the road but let's talk about this because this is a big impactful case um and and it involved possibly cutting off a public access point on a public waterway so i i open it up there and i'll let you tell the story yeah it's really interesting and the case arises out of itasca county a lake in itasca county called trout lake and it's really interesting how it came about because the petitioner in the case, Kev, did not have a lawyer. It's what's mm-hmm. called pro se litigation. So he represented himself, and there was an access to Trout Lake, which was deemed a public access uh, through an old resort. And the gentleman brought a, a motion or a petition in Itasca County District Court to vacate or cut off that strip that provided public access to Trout Lake. And I presume that was on his property. Well, it was public access, but he had all the surrounding property because it went gotcha. to an old resort. So yep. exactly. He had he had the adjoining and the surrounding property. Okay. And when you try and vacate a strip of land in Minnesota, it's a, it's a complex legal procedure. You have to give notice to lots of different entities. If it's riparian, meaning if it involves water, uh, you have to let the DNR, you have to give them notice. And it you never say never, Kev, but it basically never happens. And what surprised everybody is um, the Itasca County District Court granted the petition and vacated this strip of land. So at that point, everyone was surprised, but it got to be on the radar statewide. So let me ask you, what was the court's decision-making process in that? 
They held um, that Minnesota is a state that recognizes the, the, what's called the Marketable Title Act. So there's certain things that if, if they're not done within a 40-year period, the rights are extinguished. So it was a very technical, complicated legal process, and due to um, nothing being basically re-recorded in that 40-year period, the petitioner, the landowner, had argued that their their rights were vacated and it was no longer open to the public and that he would obtain what's called fee title ownership of that property. So he did a lot of homework. Yeah, and, and for uh, being a self-represented litigant, he did a very nice job. Okay, so they rule in his favor. Step two. And, and at that point, Minfish was still not involved. In Minnesota, uh, in any district court or county level case, you have the absolute right to go to the Court of Appeals. Uh, I mean, there are certain timing requirements and filing requirements, but so long as you comply with that, you get to go to the Court of Appeals. That is a three-judge panel down in St. Paul. And two things happen, Kevin, when you get to the Court of Appeals. First, they uh, hear oral argument. The three-judge panel listens to the oral argument, and then they'll issue a decision whereby they either... um, affirm or reverse the district court. So they're either going to you know, agree with the district court or reverse it, but then the second thing that is really important it, in this case at the Court of Appeals level is they have the decision to do what's called a published or an unpublished opinion, and the significance of that is if the opinion is unpublished, it has no precedential value. If it's published, it has precedential value. So now there's what is precedential value precedential value means that it needs to be followed by other courts so it creates law in minnesota there's two ways to create law our lawmakers in st paul can create a law and that's called statutory law or we have common law which is court law so this would have created law that if if somebody in olmstead county down in rochester st louis county in duluth if they brought a similar motion that district court level would have to follow that Court of Appeals decision if it's published. So it basically created law. Okay. So most people tracking it at the appellate level thought that two things. A, the decision's going to be reversed, and B, it's not going to be published. When it came out, it affirmed Itasca County District Court, and it was done in a published opinion. So when that came out, it was on everybody's radar. Um, in Itasca, these these types of access points in Itasca County, uh, excuse me, in Itasca County standing alone, um, there's 118 uh, points. Of those 118, 108 are undeveloped. We just did a little bit of research, and if we look at our <clears throat> lakes area here, which I would, you know, consider the Beltrami, Hubbard, Cass, and Itasca County. It's in the hundreds statewide. It's in the thousands. So it was a it was a big impact. It it was precedential law, affected access public access to public waterways in thousands of, of points across the state. So this is the only public access on on Trout Lake. I, I believe it is. And I'm so not positive of that. and so this could have yeah. So then this is effectively makes it a non public lake like oh boy yeah and that was one of the things that the court considered in the supreme court case that we'll talk about next is you take a you know leech lake or malax where there's several access points minfish would argue against any access being being shut down but the supreme court weighed in on that that a lot of 
uh, smaller rural lakes, there's only one access point, it would effectively cut off public access to that lake. Yeah. Okay. So, Chimcourt gets to gets to be in the in the hot light now. Well, right, and it's interesting how it got there because how we talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, so long as you comply with filing requirements and timing requirements, every case has a right to go to the Minnesota Court of Appeals. But to get to the Minnesota Supreme Court, uh, it's what's called discretionary review. Not every case gets to automatically go up and be considered by the Minnesota Supreme Court justices. It's a process where um, you have to file what's called a petition for review. And once that petition for review is filed, if the Supreme Court denies it, case is over. So once the Court of Appeals affirmed Itasca County District Court, um, like I said, it's on everybody's radar. The DNR, the state, the Attorney General, the League of Minnesota Cities, the, the Surveyors League, and uh, they did a petition for review. At that point, Minfish still was not involved, and thankfully the Supreme Court um, granted the petition for review. So the pr- Supreme Court said, we're going to hear oral argument on this case. At that point, um, they reached, a, the, I can't remember if it was the state or the DNR or the Attorney General, but they reached out to Minfish and said, we want some help. Would you get involved? We looked at it and said, absolutely, it's, it's right in our mission. Um, you know, one of the things that came up in one of our early meetings was in the land of 10,000 lakes, what could be more important than protecting public access to public waterways but it was a little bit of a cumbersome process because the time to get involved is very short and to go uh, be involved at the supreme court level you also need special leave of the court so we had to do our own petition for review to to get permission from the supreme court to participate in the case and that's what's called it's called an amicus process or an amicus brief so we did that, and thankfully, um, the Minnesota Supreme Court granted our petition, so Minfish was allowed to participate in what's called an amicus capacity, and we were able to brief it, and uh, thankfully, the Supreme Court uh, did what we requested in our brief. Okay. Wow. And that opinion just, just came out here last week of March. Right. And was it a, was it unanimous, or...? I uh, don't know. There's uh, um, When they come out, there's one there's one uh, judge that writes the opinion, and then uh, they... And, and the nice part about the opinion, Kev, is that uh, a lot of our... What we felt was important is what the justices weighed in on, and mostly that was protecting public access to public waterways. I mean, the, the public policy and, and how important fishing is in Minnesota... That was a really big part of their opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack, it's no secret that a lot of people live on lakes without public accesses, and if somebody wants to put a public access, that's a battle every single time. People like the idea of being on a lake that only they control, and obviously this would have helped that gentleman and everybody else who was on Trout Lake uh, if that was kind of his goal. I don't know if it was or not. Right, and, and what you see... A lot of people have asked me after, what's the relevance? How does this really apply if you look on, you know, a, a bigger bigger lake? Take a, a Lake Winnie or Lake of the Woods or, you know, Cass, Leach, Mille Lacs. It applies equally in those cases because, like I said earlier, I grew up on Leach, and I've heard the number. I don't know if it's it's exactly right, but when I was a kid, it, Leach was full of resorts. And I've heard 100 resorts. As you know, most of them are gone, 
and early they got turned into homeowners associations. The regulation changed a little bit. A lot of them now are either uh, what are called planned unit developments or, or uh, CICs, common interest communities. And when that happened and those, those were plotted into residential lots or planned unit developments, a lot of those entailed some type of public access, whether it was uh, just a right-of-way, a drive, a strip of land that gave access to the lake. And if the Supreme Court had not reversed that, essentially every one of those would have been at risk. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it's a, it's a bigger holding than a, than a lot of people think. Yeah. Well, obviously, you're happy. Very happy. Yeah. And it was, it was great for Minfish to be involved. Um, everyone in our organization was very supportive of it and uh, kind of a feather in our hat, so to speak. Yeah. So what, what is Minfish exactly for those who don't know? I'm glad you asked. I, I wanted to be able to talk about that. <laughs> Minfish is uh, a nonprofit angler advocate group. And it's a little bit odd, Kevin, when you think about Minnesota being the state of fishing and the land of 10,000 lakes. You think about other outdoor groups or, you know, recreational groups. You know, we think of the Whitetail Association, the Rough Grouse Society, Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever. There are all kinds of special interest groups. In Minnesota, the, the state of fishing did not have an angler advocate group until Minfish. Hmm. That is crazy. Yeah, and it, some very dedicated individuals started it. It started, uh, our first meeting was in Walker at Jeff Arnold's office in Reeds in uh, September of 2018. So we're coming up on five years. Okay. The organization has grown. Um, it is really pretty amazing the response that we got, not only from members, but from the DNR, the state. I've been very involved. DNR is very thankful for what we're doing. Uh, the commissioner of the DNR has come to our meetings. Uh, governor has been to our meetings. Good. And I should say that. The, last year in May, we did the first uh, fishing summit. We thought their Minnesota openers is such a huge deal to so many people and so special to so many people across the state. They did a fishing summit at uh, Clam headquarters uh, down in Rogers. Dave Osborne from Clam as founding member, he's been on the board since we started in September of 2018. Very well attended last year. The governor went to it. We're doing it again this year. It's going to be at Clam headquarters again this year. It's uh, on Wednesday, May 3rd. It's okay. a great, great event. Jay Pedersen is an attorney and a board member of Minfish, and we'll have a lot more about Minfish and what it's all about next on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Find shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. 
This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. WG attorney and MinFish board member Jay Pedersen is my guest today. And Jay, besides this big one we put in the spotlight today, what are some of the things you're advocating for, what are MinFishes advocating for? MinFish is basically our goal is to be the voice of owners. And for so many years, anglers did not have a seat at the table with the DNR, with the lawmakers, with the people uh, making fisheries or stocking decision. And that's, that's, what, that's what our goal is. And, and we do have a seat at the table. And even when they were talking about the budget and bonding bill, uh, the governor specifically referenced and endorsed MinFish. And, and we're there to support everything fishing. Okay. And how do, how do people join? People join. Um, you can actually. Uh, there's different levels of membership because we are a nonprofit. We are always looking for donations and uh, ways to raise money. But our general membership is free, and you can get online at uh, minfish.org or our Minfish Facebook site. Uh, membership is free. You can get our newsletter. Um, you can literally just be a member. But if you go to minfish.org and you want to be involved in a, a more detailed level or provide financial assistance we would love that um, okay. but all the information's on our site okay the other thing if i could plug sure it, um we've got a great event coming up and uh we are trying to raise money and i brought it uh, i'll give you a handout here starts next week where it's our first year doing this it's called men fish uh, world's greatest fish auction and it's basically what we're doing it's a live online auction where we're auctioning auctioning off fishing experiences and oh. it'll be a two-day auction um, check it out on the site. There's some amazing things on there. Okay. And uh, what is the site? Minfish.com. Minfish.com. It's yep. pretty easy. Yep. It's min-fish.com. Min-fish.com. All right. Well, you can Google it. It'll get you there. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, fishing. As long as you're here, uh, did you get much ice fishing in this year? It was kind of lousy out there. It, both my kids played basketball, so I did not oh, get as okay. much in, but I did get some fishing in. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was not easy to get out there a good chunk of the winter. How was the bite when you did get out there? You know, we had good fishing. I made two trips up to the uh, south side of Lake of the Woods right after the first of the year, and that was good fishing. Uh, most of the ice fishing I do is on leech and very difficult getting around, but we did have some good days, uh, some good perch fishing days as well. I, I assume you, like everybody, is ready to get the boat in the water. Very excited to get ready to go. And for, for uh, years, we've opened, my family and uh, friends, we've opened up on uh, Red, and we're really excited to get up there. We think with the uh, conditions and uh, the weather, it should set up perfect for Red. So what's your passion? Is it Are you a walleye guy? I love walleye fishing. Yeah. It's, uh, hey, walleye's king in this state, still is. Um, I mean, obviously, we're seeing more and more growth in other species, which is great, and a lot of passion there, but the walleye, still king. Yeah, and that's one of the things with, you know, going back to menfish that uh, people fish for different reasons, and it's so important to people in Minnesota, but the pressure that we see on these lakes now with, you know, invasive species, loss of habitat, electronics, people are better than they used to be. It It's just a lot harder to catch fish on some of these lakes, and that's one of the main goals of menfish is, um, to shorten time between bites. Yeah, people fish for different reasons, and and every. I mean, it's hard to explain, but fishing's the the, the greatest thing. But making that rod bend, getting that that bite, that strike. I mean, that's what's exciting. That's what gets kids into it, and that's one of our main themes. Whether 
you know, it, it's working with the DNR or the state or raising dollars. Our, our primary objective, to keep it simple, is to shorten time between bites. We want people to catch more fish. We want people to have fun catching fish. Yeah. Well, Jay, as, as, as an angler uh, and as a men fish board member, what do you see out there as your biggest concerns in the future of fishing in Minnesota? You know, on the lakes that I fish in Minnesota, it is so different than it used to be as far as um, uh, habitat loss, uh, shoreline development, um, and I think a, a big part of it is, and I'm guilty, I, I use all the, you know, the best electronics that I can, but it's a lot easier to catch fish than it used to be with the use of electronics and live scan and, and uh, you know, all, all the tools that, that anglers have available to them. Um, we need to protect the resource. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a catch-22. It's, it's easier until it's not, right? right? Because right. eventually, if we don't be smart, we're going to have problems. And it, 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 you know, we've talked about it so many times where, you know, there's spots that maybe a general angler couldn't find before. Well, it's great that they can find it now, but not only that, uh, very common for people to have the live scan capability, the electronics, or, or spot lock, where very easy for people to catch fish where maybe they were not able to before. Yeah, and and again with habitat loss and, and invasive species, all these things are are adding up to. We need to be cautious of it. Yeah. Well, uh, we are going to be out there on water at some point. I hope by the opener. Uh, the heat's helping, but but boy, uh, it, it it's a late it's a late spring. It is. Yeah, and it's a uh, I you know. Uh, one thing I've learned over the years, uh, I always ask fishery guys as well, is that going to affect the uh, is that gonna affect, uh, the spring and the spawning? Generally, it doesn't affect that, but it affects us more than yeah, them. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, the other thing that goes on, you know, I mean, tournaments, there's more and more tournaments all the time, and that puts more and more, you know, single-day or double-day pressure on lakes. Uh, um, but I like the fact that, you know, we're using uh, technology to, to make that a better process for fish health and fish safety um the, the apps are great right right and and i think other than some of the early tournaments um they're almost all live release now and even we talked earlier uh, i know you're going down to uh mc the leech lake wally tournament i think that's great john danesburg was great and a very well loved well respected uh, individual in the community yeah, he, he was. was very involved in that and he'll be He'll be dearly missed. What John did for the community and fishing, and especially uh, take a kid fishing, it was amazing. And uh, he will be missed, but uh, I think it's great that you're going to go down and take over the uh, MC role for two days. It's a it's a great event, and uh, that time of year, uh, Leech is good. It's always a, a well-attended. The field is always full, very competitive event. So uh, I think it's great. I appreciate you going down there. You bet. It's a, it's a fun tournament, and obviously uh, some really good fishing and some really good anglers on that tournament. Um, but, yeah, the, I, I do like the apps. We're doing that at the Knights of Columbus as well. I just think that that – I mean, maybe that weigh-in is not quite as dramatic as it used to be there, but we can we can make it fun anyway. But it's just so much better for the fish. It is. And and I think they're, they're working on that. They're trying to figure out some ways to – you know, liven up the the weigh-ins to get to get people there, and uh, hopefully it works. They've they've done some changing with 
how they'll do it in the days. And uh, certainly nice to have a crowd there, especially on the final day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? Just appreciate the opportunity, and uh, thank you for asking me to come over. You bet. Thank you for sharing the, the importance of that case, obviously, and, and talking about Minfish, uh, a great organization. And, again, if people want to get involved, what's the easiest and best way? Easiest and best way is mn-fish.com. All right. He's an outdoorsman. He's an angler. He's an attorney, and he's an, a Minfish board member. Jay Pedersen, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Bob Bunyan Country.